Good morning. I have one question for you. Do you guys realize that you've been changed? Do you? Okay, that was the question. Uh, my name is Kenny Barber. Uh, I've been a part of this church. My journey started 29 years ago. Uh, I've been married 28 years, and I've been in California 27 years. So a lot's happened those three years. I have two daughters. Uh, one, uh, my oldest daughter is Courtney. She's here. Um, AKA um, Gooders is what we call her. And um, Kelsey, my daughter Kelsey, uh, she's in Baltimore, but actually she's listening online here. Um, and we call her Scooters. So they don't like that name, but that's something I've had since they were like eight years old. Um, my wife's in the kids' kingdom right now, serving the, serving the kids. Uh, so um, that's our family. Um, we have someone living with us, Hannah. She's trying to adopt her, but she lives with us now. She's a campus student, you know, so she's kind of semi-part of the um, Barber family as well. Uh, so we're talking about, we've been going through the upside-down blessings. And um, what's unique about these blessings is that they are um, illogical, right? You know, we've talked about, actually I missed some of the services I've been away, but we've talked about um, you're blessed if you're mourn, you know, you're blessed um, if you're poor. And so some of those, like, scriptures, when I read it, it just doesn't seem logical. Maybe it's just me. It does seem logical. So I immediately just make that best practice. You know what I mean? By best practice, that's something good to do, but really cannot really, really be that. So I, I categorize that. Some people categorize that as conviction. You know, I have conviction for this or that, but you never hear anybody say, I have conviction for the Beatitudes. I got conviction for the mourning part. I'm conviction for the poor. You never hear nobody say conviction about that, something else. No one has convictions about that part. And so, you know, you, you look at that, uh, and it tells me that the Beatitudes are all about, it's not logical, it's all about spiritual. Right. Spiritual is not logical. In the spiritual world, one plus one does not equal two. And so God says, I frustrate the wise because that doesn't make sense. There's no way that this could happen. You know, in my family, you know, we had, uh, we're going through a lot of challenges. Uh, something that happened, I, told, I talked to my daughter, she says, okay, if I bring this up, she says, yeah, um, that, um, you know, she, she has had surgery uh, at John Hopkins University. And the most unique thing happened to her is that when I heard it, um, I was in the gym and I couldn't hear my wife, and she says, hey, a tree fell on Kel Kelsey. And I was like, what? I was like, maybe I'm not hearing you right. And so I you know, got out of the gym and she says, yeah, a tree fell on your daughter. And I'm like, my first thought was, you're coming home right now. I'm, I'm just you're coming home. You know, but it's, and so this thing is just, something like this is just illogical. Like, that does not happen to anyone. And so as going through these Beatitudes, I'm thinking, you know, that, um, man, that's something that's unique, that's something illogical. You know, I think what, I think the, the spiritual aspect of that is that there's something unique about this tree and you. It was meant for you. And so, and that sounds, to hear it sounds weird. It's like, what? This tree 
I'm thinking, I'm, not, I'm going deep. Like this tree, you are 20 years old. And so if this tree was sitting there and it was growing through the last, you know, 19 years, growing, 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 this was your tree. It's growing, it's growing. That limb is getting loose. It's for you. You're going, you live your life here, 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 there. But like, okay, here's your time. I'm walking with my girl. Okay, it's ready. That is yours. Boom. That was your tree. Didn't kill you, blessed. But is it going to make you stronger or is it going to kill you apart? Blessing or curse. So I say, so I'm like, that's what the bad is about. I talk to her. And so she's like, Dad, I want to go. I want to get the phone. I don't want to talk to you anymore. It's like, what? This is a good stuff. She's like, you are so inconsiderate. And I was like, okay. It took me like a, a day to process that. I was like, you know, I'm sorry. I think it was inconsiderate. You know, so I was like, there's some consideration as we listen to his Beatitudes. It's just, it's practical, but it's just, uh, I had to learn that consideration as well. So today we're talking about, um, excuse this, right, is Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger, oh, right here, and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And hunger and thirst, for us, it's about filling is meeting needs, right? We have needs and we have wants. Now, as we get older and mature, we gotta figure out what's more important. Now, in general, what's more important, needs or wants, in general? Not a trick question, huh? Yeah, sometimes you realize the needs are a little more important than the wants. And so we have all of these, these needs. Some of the needs are physical, right? Water, food, we keep our bellies fed. Um, some of it's, some of it's uh, emotional needs, right? Okay, what age you are, you start realizing, I got some emotional needs that I have to deal with. So that's the part of being filled. And we all try to fill that in some way we have to. And sometimes it's temporary, sometimes it's not. You know, sometimes we've got to be figuring out how to meet these needs. And we can meet them, and it's temporary sometimes. But we've got to meet it again. It's like thirst. I drank, okay, I get thirsty again, but I'll keep drinking, hunger as well. Amen? So, and so something got to figure out what the needs and the wants. And so, my wife is really good at that with me. She always says, okay, I wanna, I wanna do something. She says, Kenny, all right. Well, she says, honey, sometimes. Her what she always to me, you know. She says, do you really wanna do this? Think about it, do you really, really want to do this? I go, man, do I want this? Maybe, I don't know. Did you consider all the other options, your opportunity costs? I'm like, oh, I thought about it too much, maybe I don't, you know, and so, we went on this trip with, um, with Corey to see his family. Uh, road trip, great trip, we'll about that later. We go down the road, and then we see this, we're on the 99, I believe, and we see this bright, shiny object. It says Ghirardelli, Ghirardelli chocolate and ice cream. Out of nowhere, we're in the middle of farmland, and we see this door, it's like bright and shiny. I was like, guys, we got to do this. It's vacation, right? So we roll up in there, and we got this, like, 50-foot um, RV. Sound like 50. It was huge. You know, get in there, you know, Jared does ice cream. And we get in there, and I was like, okay. And it was, it was great. And, um, and I see this, um, what did I have? A banana split. I haven't had those since I was, like, 20, right? And so I see the banana split. I was like, I got to have it. And I was talking about it, and it was like, I got to have the banana split. I haven't had it. It's vacation. But I hear this voice in my head. Kenny, do you really want this? And I was telling the guys, too, I was like, I could hear my voice saying, oh, yeah, do you, do you really feel like you have to have this right now? 
And so I was trying to fizzle out, and I was thinking, yes, I do. I'm going to have this ice cream, but I regret it after I had it. But sometimes we have those conversations about needs and wants. So that's what it's all about. It's about being filled, but with the righteousness that's talking about here, it's like sometimes we have to make choices. We have needs and, and wants, and they've and they got to prioritize it through life. This is more important need and how to meet this. But this is a common thread that goes underneath all of that is what we're talking about. It's, it's a, a depth of righteousness that it's saying to always pursue. And so I want to talk about, we're talking about hunger and thirst, but from a spiritual perspective, okay? Now, hunger versus thirst. Yet you have to go, here's the challenge, three weeks without, would you rather go three weeks without water or three weeks without food or would you like to shoot me down? You know, take me out. So, others to raise your hand. Would you rather go without water for three weeks? Raise your hand. Okay, without food for three weeks, raise your hand. You gotta choose one, Jacob. <laughs> gotta choose one, okay. Right, so out of, the, out of those two, he said, I think thirst is a little more intense than hunger. But this says, but those who thirst, who thirst, it doesn't say or hunger, it says what? Both. Combine those two together. That's what it's talking about. That's intense. And so now we move to the next slide. Cool. All right. Spiritual hunger. That girl's town down right now, right there. No, we've seen that before. Now sell it to someone else. Spiritual thirst is like, I don't care, wait for the cup. Give it to me. Right? And so, but first of all, before we decide what this is about, the scripture, what is thirst? We all have an idea of that throughout normal day-to-day life. What is it? We want, Jesus gives a great example. Matthew 4, verse 1 through 5, that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so Jesus, he's fasting. He's obviously hungry and thirsty. That's our immediate need, right? I've got to feel that. But he says, no, I don't want to indulge that because there's something deeper that I need. It's righteousness. It's um, God's word is what I really, really want to pursue right now. That's going to help my physical. That's going to help my physical needs. Um, that is what I'm going to pursue. That's the example he has for us. We have these things, these needs. You know, my, you know, I have a, I have a house that, you know, my, my, my plumbing broke down, and so there's water coming through the ceiling. I have my daughter who's having surgery. We have so many needs. We says there's an underlying thing that I want you to continue to pursue that will help to fill everything. Amen? So moving to spiritual thirst, we got to understand what does that mean from a spiritual perspective? Psalm 42.1.2, it says, As a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go meet with God? 
soul panting. Soul is the deepest part of you. Soul is a part of your, 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 your mind. It's a part of your heart. It's the core of who you are. It's hard to bear your soul. Some of you guys want to keep it, keep it close. But he says, that part of me thirsts for you. It thirsts so bad, I can't see you, I can't touch you, but I want to meet with you. That's illogical. How are you going to meet with someone you can't see? Doesn't make sense. A spiritual thirst. Psalm 63 says, you are my God, are my God. Conceptually, I know that. Earnestly, I seek you. There it is again. I'm trying to find you. I can't see you. I can't touch you. But I am going to try to find you. I thirst for you. Here's that thirst again. I thirst. My whole being, my whole soul longs for this connection. Thirst. Hunger. Isaiah 26.9. My soul, here we go again, my deepest part yearns in the night when I should be sleeping. In the morning, longs for you. My spirit, my core, wants you. Psalm 119 says, consumed. How many guys have ever been consumed by something? What does consumed mean? I can't get my, my mind off of you. Maybe a love interest, maybe a TikTok videos or something. It's like, I just can't get my mind. I am so consumed. Somebody help me. That's what it is. You know? So yearning, Psalm 84, yearning to the point where I'm crying out. My flesh, I'm crying out for the connection. That's the definition of thirst. That's what we're talking about. It's a deep part of it, of ourselves. Spiritual thirst defines your walk with God. Simple as that. If someone says, hey, how's your walk with God? Oh, it's great. Is it defined around thirst? Really? I mean, not, not belittling it, but I'm saying you really got to question yourself. It's like, spiritual, that's how I walk with God, my spiritual thirst. What keeps me coming back? What keeps me coming there? What drives me? It's not conceptual. Meaning that, you know, we all walk with God. We all, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not conceptual. It's a personal thing. That defines your walk with God. Is the thirst that you maintain. Righteousness. What are we thirsting for? Is it me, my ice cream? I mean, it's real thirst. Ice cream? Man, I had this ice cream. I don't know if you guys tried it. It's Haagen-Dazs. Um, it's, um, it's white chocolate raspberry Haagen-Dazs. Have you guys ever had that? I'm serious. Man, when I have that, it's just like, I'm like, Julie, that, um, I'm like, that just, it just makes me happy. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I am, it makes me happy. I can do that and watch a nice TV show. I have it. it. It's magic. It just makes me happy. Happy thinking about it. Happy, happy me eating it. It's just that's something for me. You guys may have something like that for you. I'm sure it's something that just, it just makes me happy. Mm -hmm. But righteousness is like what is right, justice, the act of doing what is in agreement with God's standard, the state of being in proper relationship with God. So we got to understand what is it we're doing here. The thirst is. Really understand that. This is my perspective of it. And, and as we grow in our, in our Christianity and our spirituality, 
It's all about perspectives. There is no, I'm learning, there's no right or wrong. You should do it this way, you should do it that way. You know, it's about God shapes perspectives throughout your life. This is my perspective. It may change in another six months, I don't know. But first and hunger, there is a level of righteousness, right? It's split into three. There's part, there's a part of it, it's about God. It's God's righteousness. And there's a part, okay, something that permeate, permeates from that is about personal righteousness. And then our part of that is like, personal righteousness, it extends outwardly now to the church, to the people around me. I think that's God's how, how God set it up. Part of the God's righteousness, there's a term justification. Justification means that something's given to you. We have to work for it. It's like by default, it's yours. That's awesome. I love begin. I love beginning stuff. I appreciate even um, Karina just um, just just her announcement about me coming up, and I was really encouraged was to hear that what she said. I think you got two out of three right, but you know it was like it was cool just hearing that you know as well. But so Matthew six thirty three. This is scriptures that kind of shapes it to what righteousness really is. We got we have to understand it before we can even apply it, right? It can't be conceptual. Matthew six thirty three says, "But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness." All these things will be given to you. It's all about his, not mine. What does he say about it? Romans 22 says, it's given through faith in Jesus Christ. So there's a point you have, right? This, 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 this um, justification, righteousness. I see it as, like I said, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, it says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness. At least I say, righteousness is what I have become. It's who I am. It's not what I do. It's who I am. Um, it's given to me, and it's here. It's something he gave to me through Christ. So the question is, do you want to embrace it? Or do you leave it as a concept? Oh, yeah, Jesus died for all anybody, all, all sins. So, yeah, or do you embrace it? It's something that's given. I see it as, um, you look at, the way I view it is, Matthew 7, 14, I'm going to turn it there, but it says, uh, the road to destruction is broad, right? It says the road to life is narrow. The way I see it with the justification is like, is saying, okay, Justification means God says you come, you're saved. Some of it's like, I, justification is, the thirst is, I want to be saved. So there's one side of that. And so I will thirst to be saved, to, um, um, to seek God with all my heart, to be saved, that faith. And then once you are saved, it's like now I am put on that narrow road by default. I want to be on that narrow road, is what you say, what we say. Because the narrow road, narrow road leads to where? Where? You guys know. Heaven. Anybody wants to be there, mostly, right? So I want to be on that road. So by default, that justification, you're on your road. That feels good to be on that road, doesn't it? 
So that's what it's all about. But do you recognize you're on the road? Do you wake up tomorrow and say, you know what, I am on that road. Paul refers to it as a race. Do you realize you're in the race? I, went, I, went, I, I was in a marathon a long time ago, right? Trained, trained a lot. And I got this called the San Diego, San Diego Rock and Roll Marathon. And this was a fabulous event. Every mile was music. So give me something to look forward to. A different music, different, you know, so really cool. It was about, I, I signed up late. And so it, um, it's probably about, remember like 20,000 people signed up for this event. So I was like number 18,000, something like that. And so I had to wait my turn to even get started. All right, so I remember, I, I trained really well. I remember like I'm on eight, mile like eight or nine. It was crazy because everybody was walking. And so I had to get around, excuse me, excuse me, because like, this is crazy. It's like so many people were just walking on this road. Didn't respect it. The marathon is like, I just want to be here because it's fabulous. It's an event. It's like, see, I did it. It's spectacular. People were wearing like crazy outfits and stuff too. Not running gear, like, you know, costumes and all that. And, but they were the ones walking on mile five. I was like, I ain't taking this seriously. The road to heaven, that narrow, you're on the road. Do you embrace it or not? Justification is, it's placed outside of you. He puts us there and it feels good, right? But first of all, we got to realize God has given, placed it there. So God sees me in a, a certain way that maybe I don't see myself. You know, sometimes it's easy to go like, I'm, I'm just the worst sinner. It's easy to say because Paul said that. I can say that to the worst sinner. So I'm always going to fail. I'm always going to struggle. Accept that. I ain't Jesus. I've heard it before. I ain't Jesus. That's Jesus. I ain't Jesus. So you can't expect all that from me. But God's view is so important. It's God's view. It's like to sit on that and to be on that road for God's justification is to understand. God sees me as righteous. I'm I'm running. I I got a shirt. I got a shirt that says righteous on the back on this road. I'm just righteous because I'm on the road. I am salt. Who likes salt in their food? Who, who, food without salt is what? It's just like, man, yeah. Right? Healthy, yeah. But God said, he sees you and I, we are the salt. Do you see yourself through God's perspective? Light of the world. It's dark out here, but when I come around, that light's shining. When I'm around, the light shines. When you're around, the light shines. I'm different. I'm set apart. I'm different in a good way. Precious. That's probably hard to, to touch, but precious. Can you sit on that? Can you sit on God delighting that his eyes are on you all the time? It's easy to say, oh man, he's disappointed in me because I'm doing messing up, messed up. How could he? I did this last night. <coughs> or could you reflect that he's smiling at me. He's delighting. He when I mess up, he's delighting. That's the God we serve. In order to stay here, this justification, you got to look at God's perspective, what God's given to me. Do I embrace it? Sometimes you got to go back. You got to go back and remember it and remember it and then move out on that. You can start forgetting it. Go back, touch it, touch it, touch it, and then move out again. Does that make sense? 
Can I go on? You guys good? Okay. Now, it's God's righteousness is the thirst to, first of all, if you're not saved, the thirst to be saved. Or it's to experience Christ, um, to embrace God as he sees you. And so you got to examine your desires. It's like, to be honest, I don't have this thirst. I don't. Be honest with yourself. I don't have this thirst for that. Other things. And, to, and so now you got to ask yourself, why don't I? I'm, I'm, in my, in my, um, my profession, I'm in IT, and we're always trying to make processes better. And we have this process, it's called um, the five whys. Anybody know what the five whys is? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, it's five whys. And so it's, it's, it's concept of root cause analysis. And so to get to the root cause. And I love it because it's so spiritual. It's like getting to, that gets to the heart. So ask yourself, why don't I want to stay on this road? Why don't I want to come to church? Why don't I want to pray? Why don't I? I don't have my quiet time. Because why don't I want to have a quiet time? Just and so it's like, ask yourself that five times. Why don't I have a quiet time? It's because I don't have time. Why don't you have time? Because, you know, I get up too late. Why do you get up so late? You know, so you keep at it, you get to the root cause. That's how you get to the heart. You realize, okay, that's the reason why I don't have quiet time, to be honest. I don't want to. Because something in the past affected me or whatever. So it's like, examine it to get back on the road. The second part is personal righteousness. And that's sanctification. Right? He says in Titus 2, we're just getting to the last part, it says, it teaches, it teaches us to say no to, un to ungodliness or worldly passion, to live self-controlled and upright and godly lives. So 1 Peter says, pretty much be holy because I'm holy. So the way I see this is that God's righteousness puts you on the road, and then personal righteousness, like, now walk. Or you get in the race, Paul says, now run. Or you play basketball, you're on the bench. You know, it's like, I want you to want, put me in the game, coach. Get in the game, play. That's personal righteousness. Uh, very, it's very clear. And it's something that happens inside of us. It's something I have to do personally. Paul talks about it, you know, it's like working out your salvation with fear and trembling. It's the working out. Spending the rest of your life working out. So it is easy to say, you know what? Today, I ain't going to run. You know what? I don't even want to be in a race this month. I don't got time for a race. To be honest, to be honest with ourselves, I don't want this pure spiritual perspective. I don't have time for that. O obedience is a part of this. It's like, do I have a thirst to obey? Or at first, I just do it on my own way. But directly, the scripture says, if you love me, you will do what? Obey me. Point blank. We can say, you know what? I love God. Well, I love God. Everybody can say, I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. I like seeing. I, God's like, do you obey what I say? Do you do it? Oh, what? It's like, that's it, black and white. Sanctified, cursed, and righteous is a statement of love. You can be all about faith. And no, you're not supposed to do anything when you're a Christian. You know, it's, it's all about, not about works. It's like, show me you love me. I love it when, Paul, when, 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 um, 
when he, when he questioned on Peter after Peter, Peter denied himself. Says three times, do you love me? You know, of course I love you. I've been around you, feelings, feed my sheep. Mm. You know, I said three times, can you obey me? Show me. You're not, I'm, you, you guys aren't showing me. I don't got to show you guys. He's like, you show me. Why don't you want to obey me? So ask the question, why? Sanctification is like, you obey me, things happen automatically. You start changing. You start to look like me. You don't got to decide that. You obey me, all of a sudden things happening. You like the salt, these things just stop. Boom, boom, boom. That's how God works, because you're my child. You can put a stop to it all. I ain't going to change. I don't got time for this. There's fruit because of that. It's a surrendering. So it's like longing to, um, first of all, it's like the longing for further righteousness is sometimes it's really, we're looking into my, my Bible family group, we're learning this together, is like putting it into the first person. When you read the Bible, have God speak to you directly. So when you read, that's like, okay, God wants all of us, God wants me to do what? Do what? See what he wants you to do from the word of God. It's repentance and victories. I want to change, I want to see the victories. Change and victories. That's how change happens, both, both sides. It's perspective is like, I got to see God, he's good in everything. So when I read his word, it's goodness there. It's not doom and destruction. Every scripture, there's some good that's being produced. It's all good. Um, watch, pray, and fight. Some of it's like, do the things you did at first. What did I do at first when I was on the road fired up? Do what you did at first. Carrying the cross. Uh, moving on, the, Latin, the other part is about when the personal righteousness, um, you walk in the road, you're, um, you're on a race, then you look around, there's people around you. I remember I was running the marathon, had a lot of um, physical issues along the way, but, you know, finally got along, you know, once I got rid of my, my cramps and stuff, had some major cramps. Um, that's another story. I just got to hear about now. Later. And so I had some cramps, and then um, and I had some people. And I finally, when I got, you know, kind of a good rhythm, I saw people around me. And so I'm, I could try to encourage them, encourage me. And so it's about that. It's like if you look around, you got people all around you on this road. And so I don't necessarily, my personal righteousness is important, but now I care about the community righteousness. I care about my brother and sister's righteousness now. It works that way. It's, it's, you can't do the other way around. It's hard to say I care about the community, but my social righteousness is like crazy. But I, I, I can help. It's like, it doesn't work that way. It's confusing. It's like destroyed. It's like it can't. It's, it's, um, and so it's like Matthew 5, 16, let, shine, let shine, the light shine before others. I have the light, and now I'm going to include other people. along, help them along the road because this road is just not easy. It's like vacation is easy, right? So you guys still with me? Okay. Second uh, Corinthians five twenty it says, um, "God, if, through as Christ ambassador, because God was making His appeal through us." As we're on the road, God is making His appeal through us because the righteousness is in us, and so um, you know, collectively in the, um, in the community, in the church, 
That's our perspective. This is the righteousness in others. So the first one is righteousness in God. The second one is righteousness in ourselves. This is righteousness in other people. I learned the longing to help others in the church grow too. Longing for the community. You know, we went out um, in the community before, before um, we, we met here. And that's something I had to really pray for as well as that not so much, you know, going door to door could be a little weird, right? And so I got to fight. Uh, not Jehovah Witness is a bad term, but, you know, just the feeling of being like a Jehovah Witness and, um, you know, people like don't want to open their doors and all that stuff. And so I put on a, a suit on purpose. Yeah, I'm kidding. <clears throat> but <clears throat> yeah. And so, but the feeling, but I had to realize that it helped me to long to just want the community feel, right? Let that drive me. Relationships and all that. So, um, and so this demonstrates our love for other people through our righteousness. And moving on to, um, uh, and that's, it's a fa- picture here. This is uh, Croy and his family. And why I brought this up is, you know, we went on this road trip. And um, the road trip was to, um, where did we go, Corey, again? Be- um, Orville, California, Berry Creek. Yeah. Um, so we went to Berry Creek area um, and Orville, and which I had no idea where that was on the map. Um, <laughs> actually, I didn't. And so and what, what amazed me is that, uh, Corey brought it up months ago that he, he hadn't seen his family in a while. And so Juan says, hey, when would you want to go on vacation? He says, uh, if I was someone would have said, why is someone? They said, Orville. Then I was okay, we'll go there. And, and so, okay. And they said, when they come, can I was like, sure. So the trip was about to encourage Corey to connect with his family who hasn't seen him, I think, 19 years. And so when I brought this up is that this was such an incredible trip to see his family reconnect with him. And the fears that I had going up, I had a stress with his family, is that, okay, um, three of us are going, you know, I am a tall black man. Um, Tuan is a medium size for Asian. Um, 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 Asian. And then Tuan. And then Tuan. So we're, I mean, and then um, Corey. So we're all coming up. And I'm like, what are they going to see, first of all? And then we're in the backwoods of, I don't know where, Northern California. So and then, yeah, so that was like, I had some, I was kind of anxious about that. So that's going to be weird, you know, too. And they had the same views of us as well. So we got there, they pulled us in. We met so many of his aunts and uncles and cousins. And it was amazing, this connection. It was amazing to see the love of their family. And they pulled us in his family immediately. And we were leaving, we dropped Corey off. And then Tom was like, you know what? I so needed this to see this love, you know, from this community. It's like, you know what, me too. I, I didn't know, I need that, but I need to see that. I need to feel that, that genuine love. So it's about the community uh, is so important. So this is my own thoughts here. So, you know, it's, um, I work with a lot of presentations, so sorry if it's a little complex, but we have this, so it's a hunger and thirst for righteousness, but then see how this plays in to his greatest command, right? He says, this is the greatest command. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And you can see that loving yourself is a part of the equation too. I got to love me. I can't do this without loving me, right? But said, I can love me through Christ. How he sees me helps me to love me. So that's the God's part. I got to see how God sees me first. And it says, love the Lord with all your heart, 
Personal sanctification is like, you obey me, you love me. That's the love part. Then it goes to the community part. It's like, and then you love your neighbor as yourself. It all, it's righteous, fits into his commandments. So how important and critical righteousness is. But it's the thirst behind it. Develop it, why it's not there, cultivate it um, as well. So the promise is like filled. Uh, the last scripture, uh, Ephesians 3, 17, it says, I pray that out of his glory wishes that he may strengthen you with his power through the spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all God's Holy Spirit people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And you know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Being filled means strengthened. Being filled means power. Being filled means purpose and root. Being filled means I understand and I can touch this love of Christ. Being filled means I, I can be full with Christ. Uh, as I mentioned here, security, uh, wisdom comes from this as well. Um, uh, and it's fulfilling his greatest commandment. So some action steps is just to write down some things, uh, some areas in your life that God has changed you. How has God sanctified me? We all are evidence of that. Think about that and write it down. How has God changed me? And so those areas, how, how did I show my thirst for those areas? Maybe, you know, I had some quiet time, I had some quick talks about people, I had to wrestle here, and that changed. How did, you've, you've demonstrated that. If not now, then across your life, looking at that and touching it, and I want to recreate that. And so, at this time, we're going to take communion, and I really want to focus on the first aspect of the righteousness, God's righteousness, what's been given to us. And we can look at the cross, and as we close our eyes and reflect on Christ, just think about um, and, and so I know a lot of times we, we focus on where I went wrong and, you know, where, you know, how I want to change. But we can really look at the fact that's like how good he is. Uh, what is he? Um, how does he see me? You know, what's the opportunities I'll have once I open up my eyes again after I see the cross? What opportunities do I have? What good can I produce? Amen. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, um, God, thank you for just um, allowing us to come together, to, to be here, to, to worship you, Father. You are our focus. Uh, Father, you are our desire. Uh, Father, we open to learn from you, to be taught from you. Uh, Father, thank you for the, the cross. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the sacrifice. Uh, thank you for just uh, putting us on the road uh, to heaven. Uh, Father, we thank you for the way that you, you call us higher, uh, too. Thank you for family. Uh, God.